Hello, class. Who wants to chat? I guess you do or you wouldn't have hit play. Haha. <laughs> I know we haven't had a chat in a while, and I didn't know what to do with myself, so I figured I would chat with you. Nathan's in here, because this is an informal chat, so I let him in. So if you hear him snorting and oinking and uh, making pug noises, that's what he does. So it's weird. I was, I did that episode that fucking um, Brooks for an entire month, a whole month of watching him and listening to his bullshit. And I couldn't wait till I was done with it. And it's like, now I don't know what to do with myself. It's it's weird. Oh, God. He, he's climbing around the furniture like a little monkey. So how was everybody's Thanksgiving? Mine sucked because I had a migraine all day. And I didn't go to my mom's to eat her good Thanksgiving food that she makes. So I missed out on stuffing, sweet potatoes, and mashed potatoes. Which, yes, I only eat three different types of food at Thanksgiving. My food repertoire is very small. There's only, there's like very few things that I eat or I will eat. And I usually don't deviate from like this particular set things. I, I guess, I think it's a an autism thing. I know a lot of us are like that. But yeah, that's me. That's one of many many weird things about me. So let me know. Okay, I want to know a couple things. Do you want up here? Okay, he's up here. He's on my lap. Can you please not snort right into the microphone? Mama's trying to talk to the class, and they didn't tune in to hear you snort. Mm. Nathan thinks the universe revolves around him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I lose my train of thought pretty easy. I wanted to ask a couple questions. Is there anybody from Wisconsin or that area that heard my episodes about the I'm not even going to call it a parade. What uh, Sue Opper, the DA, started doing, she said in her, like, I think it was at the sentencing, she's, she goes, I'm not even going to call this a parade anymore because when you think of parade, you think of happiness and kids and floats and whatever. And she goes, I'm going to call it what it was, a massacre. And I'm like, that is a really good idea. So... I'd like to know if anybody was, like, directly affected by this massacre, knew anybody, is from that area, something, whatever, because I want to make sure it's, – it's, like, my worst fear about having a true crime podcast that I don't – I mean, I really try to do, and I think I do. I want to cover the stories, I guess you can call them. With the utmost respect for victims and what happened to them, 
their communities, etc. And I guess if anybody is from that area or whatever, um, please let me know if I did or didn't. If I didn't, tell me like specifically what was wrong and, and I will definitely correct that. One of my worst fears is about criticism. Like, uh, you know, if somebody says your audio sucks, it's like, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. Oh, I mean, it's not fine, but I can fix it. You got a fact wrong. That's fine. I can fix it. Thank you for telling me that if, if I do get stuff wrong, because I really try to be careful with facts. Pronunciations. If I don't know how to pronounce something, I always either Google it or try to find a video in which somebody says it, especially victims' names, because there's absolutely no excuse for not knowing how to say a victim's name or like a city name or something. There's just no reason for that. If I swear too much, I would probably tell you, well, you know, I'm not going to change that. So listen to something where they don't swear. But the one thing I never want to be told is that I'm not respectful of victims. That's probably the, I think, the cardinal sin among true crime podcasters. And I'm going to go off, have a little bit of a discussion, I guess, about ethics in true crime podcasting. And I think that we're kind of like journalists, and that this is media. We are telling a story. We're talking about real people and real events. So I think that we do have a certain code of ethics that we should follow. And I'm not, I don't mean to like preach or say, you know, everybody should do these things. But I'm just going to tell you like what my personal standards are and my beliefs on this topic. This is something that me and Alex talk about a lot. Alex, um, you know, my, I call my partner from YouTube, Murderous Minds. If you haven't watched Murderous Minds, please do. I know I've recommended him numerous times, but I have written some scripts with him and, or written, written a script for him and he'll, he know, he does the, uh, the video, which he does such a good job of. So please, if you haven't seen his channel yet, give him a try. Oh, the, the topic was ethics. We kind of have like a, a rule of thumb, or well, I like to think that most of us do, that when you're telling a story, or we, when you're, I use the word story because, well, it's convenient, I guess. When you're talking about a crime, imagine that one of the victims or one of the victim's family is listening. And if you think that they will be bothered or offended by anything that you said, you probably shouldn't say that. And if you think that they'd be good with what you said, then you're probably good. That's like a rule of thumb. And I'm not going to mention any names, but there was one podcast I listened to recently, and it was a, I don't think it's very popular. So, I mean, nobody's going to guess what it is. It's not definitely not a big one. They, what did they do? It's a case I'm very familiar with, one I've covered. I'm not going to give any more details, so I, I'm intimately familiar with it. They made fun of, it wasn't really a victim, but somebody involved who, I guess in a, in a roundabout way, 
was a victim or, you know, somebody like peripheral. And then they insinuated, strongly insinuated, that somebody else was involved, like directly involved in the crime. And I went on, I don't know if it was Spotify, whatever, and gave them a one-star review. I did that one time before. It was something very similar. The people, it, again, it wasn't like, it was the same situation. It, it wasn't even an insinuation. It was like they came right out and said, so-and-so, like a, a close part, somebody close to the victim should have done something. And I found them on social media and I commented and I said something like, um, this person did everything, you know, that, that they could have. And this person is probably racked by guilt. Not that they could have done anything, but just because they were close to the victim. And to, to, to I mean, I hope, I hope this person didn't hear this, but to have to hear some podcaster say that you should have done something more, that has to be like traumatizing. And another thing I saw, this was interesting. I kind of don't want to mention the person's name because, well, I, I think the case has been resolved. So I guess I can. The, the victim is, her name is Debbie Collier. And she's from Georgia. And she had a very strange death. It has been ruled as a suicide. So I guess it's safe to talk about. My friend Kimmy from Always Talking Crime in Florida. Hi, Kimmy, if you're listening. She had a, a thing she shared on Instagram. It was from Debbie Collier's son. At the time I saw this, I didn't know anything about the case. And he said, you know, I have a message to podcasters and true crime people, whatever you are. Please don't talk about my mother's case because it's causing, I guess, pain in a family that was already traumatized by their mom's death. So I looked into it I just because I'd never heard of it. And I'm like, wow, I don't, I, I mean, I totally see where this dude's coming from. His mother died in a, a terrible way, which, like I said, has been ruled a suicide. People were speculating that there were videos on YouTube. There were, Nancy Grace talked about it everywhere. Podcasts, I mean, it was all over the place. Talking about, you know, they think this certain member of her family shady and this person did that and this and that. And I'm like, holy shit. I would call this irresponsible because this is like fresh, like brand new. Nobody had even, well, it turned about out not to be a crime. Nobody had been arrested or charged or anything. And there was just this rampant speculation. And I looked at it from his point of view and I thought, what if my mother was found dead under strange circumstances? And every time I looked at news or social media, somebody was talking about it and saying things that were hurtful and just plain speculation, just a little bit more than gossip, I guess. I don't think that that's responsible. And, you know, I don't cover anything that hasn't gone to trial. There was one time I did that was last year that was that asshole Jason Pope the sex trafficker in South Carolina, and I only felt comfortable doing so because he had had several convictions in the past of similar, like, sexual charges. And I said, like, 10 times during the episode, you know, he's not been convicted of these particular charges yet. Plus, he had his business all over Facebook for everybody to see. And I also only did it because somewhere in social media, somebody made the comment, and it's it's true. 
you know the thing about missing young white women like if if you're a young attractive white girl from a family that's like you know has money or something your pictures like everywhere and minorities are sadly not given that much attention well jason pope is a white dude who targets black girls and somebody said why isn't anybody talking about him and i'd never heard of him so i thought well this person was right i'm gonna give him give this case some attention and it also talks about sex trafficking in general and some tips you know how i always try to make stuff educational some tips for people to how not end up being a victim of sex trafficking so when i talk about crime i will speculate on the why like the psychology or the motives and i'm careful with my disclaimers you know i'm not a psychologist i'm not a professional basically i don't know what i'm talking about well I mean, I like to think I kind of do, or else I wouldn't be doing this. But I don't know these people. I've never met them. But based on my, I do have experience. I do have a PhD in criminal justice. That is, that is something. And when I say stuff like, you know, I think this and this and this, it's based on my education and my actual work experience. And another rule I have is, it's actually writing the intro. I never mean to glamorize or glorify killers or crimes. I know there's quite a few people who do. Where was I? I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram, somewhere on social media. Somebody was selling t-shirts and there was like BTK and I can't remember the other ones, Ed Gein. I'm like, are you shitting me? Are you serious? T-shirts with the name and picture of a serial killer? Like, what is wrong with you? And there, there's a big difference between what we do. And I mean, I think that's wanting to know why people do this, watching documentaries, listening to podcasts, reading books. But there is a line when you want t-shirts or memorabilia or artwork or something that, that uh, I think directly glorifies, then, and then it then there's a gray area in between. It's like, well, mm, is this okay or, or isn't it? And I'm sure that each person probably has their own definition of what's acceptable to them. You know, is is this okay for them? There are a few killers that, and I know I'm not going to name them. This is why I'm saying this, that I won't cover because I do kind of have... I mean, I'm human, you know, some empathy, I guess is the word, kind of feel bad for them, like maybe think they're, they didn't mean to do this or the way they were raised or their brain or, or something. And because if I talk about them, I don't want that feeling to come out at all in the way I tell the story. I won't cover these people. I don't want it to sound like that I feel sorry for them or I... I'm excusing them or whatever. So I, I do have a lot of my own rules about ethics and things I will and won't do, will and won't talk about. If you hear me sniffling, I'm sorry. I've been sniffling for like at least a month. I have this, I don't know if it's a cold, flu, allergies. Would It will not go away. I cannot stop sniffling. So I'll 
I'll try to add it around the sniffles. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Oh, the other thing I wanted to ask. The most recent episode I did, of course, there were books. Remember when I did the interrogation and I would cut in and say about, okay, they're using this tactic and this technique. And because I did do that, I mean, I've said it before, I question criminals. And I like to say I was good at it. I had techniques and and, um, tricks, and I was pretty good at getting stuff out of them. There's an art to it. Some people can cook. Some people can draw. I can get information out of criminals. Not really a useful life skill, especially since I can't work anymore. But I know a good interrogation when I see one, and I know a bad one when I see one. There was, I can't remember who it was, but there were other cases where I've played interrogation footage and, you know, I've commented on things. And I had a couple people say, friends of mine, that they like when I do that. They like to hear when I say, okay, now the police are going to do this and the defendant's going to try this tactic and, and notice how he does this and that and blah, blah, blah. I have a couple, heard, had a couple people say that they enjoy that when I do that. Maybe other, other people would, they find it annoying or, but let me know if you like that kind of thing, because if you do, I can easily do more of it. It's not professional to have your dog barking during your podcast. And like I said, if, this wasn't in for, an informal chat. I wouldn't let him get away with that. Normally, when he does that, when I'm having a regular episode, if he starts barking, I'll stop recording. Sometimes I might have to go over and like re-record a sentence or so so that you don't hear him. Mm. And by the way, by the way, it's five o'clock in the morning. Nathan Sullivan. Shut up. The door's closed. Uh, There's nothing going on anywhere. There's absolutely no reason for this bark fest. He does this all the time. He'll just be like three o'clock in the morning. He'll just all of a sudden sit there and, and bark his head off for no apparent reason. And I hate it. I'm glad that he's not one of those little yippy dogs. The, you know, the high-pitched yip, yip, yip. There's two of them next door. And sometimes he'll start woofing. And then the other two, you know how dogs are. Like one barks and then everybody else in the neighborhood thinks, well, there must be something important to bark about. I better bark too. And then you have a chorus. And the two next door are like little, I don't know if they're chihuahuas or whatever they are. But they're high, real high-pitched. They're like yip, 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 yip. And when the three of them get going, it's like, oh, my God. So, um, oh, and I put, I ordered a bunch of Christmas cards, um, holiday cards from TCU to send out to listeners. And I put it on Instagram and Facebook. If you want one, email me or message me your address and we will send you one. So let me know about those two questions that I had. You know that I love to get requests. I've got a couple coming up. My next two episodes actually are requests, and that's going to end out the year. So I'll see you later.